0: Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Online services, you know that we've been talking about homegrown faith, meaning that this is a time for you to be at home, the stay-at-home orders, and your faith needs to be grown at home and we talked about how we have I have a lot of friends that grow their own vegetables that grow their own fruits and and make their own food and they've got cans and cans and cans and dry goods that they've that they've grown themselves and and really this the fact that the grocery stores or or they've been home-ordered really hasn't affected them as much because they've put away a lot of good home produce and I got to thinking about that in our own personal faith and how We so often uh, can treat the church a lot like a grocery store, and and we wait till we get depleted, and the cupboards are empty, and then we make our way into church, and we're like, all right, I'm going to take some of that, I'm going to take some of that, and I'm going to make sure I'm filled up, and then I'm going to go back out, and then I'm going to wait until my cart's empty again, and then I'll, I'll come back into church. And, and that's not the way it's really supposed to be. And we talked about how a church is actually supposed to be more like a farmer's market, where, you know, you being connected to the vine, Jesus says he is the vine, and we are the branches. And so when by faith you've connected yourself to the vine, you bear fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And Um, The other fruits that you see in the scripture are gifts, spiritual gifts given, and some are teachers, and some are prophets, and some are helpers, and some are good with finance, administration, and some are good artists, and some are musicians. And some are really good listeners and helpers, and some can take care of people really well. And all of us have a spiritual gift. All of us have been gifts given. And a church is meant more to be like a farmer's market where we bring our gifts, we bring our talent, we bring our treasure, and we bring our time to worship before the Lord and we pool them together. And I may come to church with maybe a teaching gift right? But then, you know, Drew comes with his musical gift. And what's cool when it's like a farmer's market, I come with my gift. And guess what? I don't go home with just my gift. I go home being blessed by Drew's gift. And I go home being blessed by Nathan's gift and by your gift. And that's one of the reasons why I've really been bummed out that we can't get together. I think of all of the gifts that you guys have that you bless me with every Sunday when we hang out, that I haven't really been able to have lately. And so we've been talking about this homegrown faith. And our first thing we talked about was fasting. That was a rough one. I hope you're still doing it. Um, I, I still actually continued uh, fasting from food on Wednesdays and uh, I have been always continuing to fast from my phone on Mondays. I hope that you, uh, a couple weeks ago, tried out fasting and that you've adopted it into a regular practice in your life. It is Fasting is really, really uh, a great uh, spiritual discipline and something that the Holy Spirit, when done in a correct attitude of humility and done in the grace of Jesus Christ, will blossom and it will grow fruit that you could never imagine. And then after that, we talked about the the, the spiritual gift of prayer and, and planting the seed of prayer. we talked about how fasting is a fuel for prayer. Um, it, it, fasting really helps prayer become powerful. And uh, prayer, we talked about prayer and talking to the Lord and, and a continual effort of prayer, which is cool. And so today we're going to talk about the Word of God. The Bible, and so if you are sitting there and you don't have your Bible on your cell phone or you don't have your Bible in front of you on your computer, I, I would encourage you walk over to the shelf over there and grab it, or head into the basement or into the attic. You, I know you're you're an American. Most Americans have uh, a Bible in their house. Listen, if you don't have a Bible in your house. We want to know about it. We have Bibles we would love to mail you. So if you don't have a Bible, please put in the comments hey, or private message us. We would love a Bible. And here's our address. And we would uh, love to send you the Bible. But the Bible is a really, really incredible, incredible resource that the Holy Spirit has given to us through the inspiration and the writing of many authors, right? The Bible is a very, very, very old collection of books. The Bible has come under great scrutiny over the many, many thousands of years that it's been with us. And it's incredible that we have the freedom and we have the technology to be holding this in our hands. Because when Jesus walked the earth, they did not have the technology or even the freedom to hold this, each person, in their hand. It it, it was actually stored at temples. And even then, it was only stored at a few temples because there was only a few copies. And even then, the folks didn't have the education or the freedom to be able to just come and read it however they want. You had to be uh, uh, read to by someone who knew how to read it and knew how to interpret it, called a rabbi, like Jesus himself. And so this is incredible. We live in such an incredible age that God's word can be placed in our hands, it can be in our homes. But here's the thing, God's word was not meant to just be written and placed in our hands. It wasn't meant to be written and just placed on a shelf. It was meant to be written on our hearts. It was meant to be you know, in our heart. The Bible says in Psalms that your word have I placed in my heart. Your word have I hid in my heart, it says, that I might not sin against you. That I might not go astray, that I might not turn a left and to the right. The same, the same book in Psalms says, how does one keep their way pure? How does a young person keep their way pure? By the word of God, it says. By the word of God. I'm so thankful for our team, and I know you are too, because right now you're really feeling the gifts that God has given our team, you know. Um, I'm so thankful for Drew's gift of music and his love of God's word. Uh, Drew puts intentionality into our songs that he chooses. And so what's cool is you get to see and thank you for Nathan's gift and technology. He's able to put those words on that screen and, you know, we come with sermons, um, and sermons are great. But what I love about the truth of God is that it can be sung it can be listened to in a sermon Uh, obviously it is read in his inspired word Uh, it's found uh, in creation and so you don't have to be in a physical church building to have the truth of God when Jesus left he left us the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit inspired the word of God inspired the hands of men It, it, it wrote the word of God before Jesus came and after Jesus left and put it together in the And the bound word of God that we have is the scripture. And, uh, you know, Drew and I talk a lot about this. There is the general revelation of God or the general idea or understanding of God. And then there is the specific uh, revelation of God. And it's this. Last year, I spent 136 days on the Appalachian Trail. I met countless of hikers. An estimated 4,000 plus people attempt the Appalachian Trail every year. And I really, I found it hard-pressed to find anybody on the trail that would not identify themselves as spiritual. So I love the trail. It's also why I love the mountains. I find that I really love the people, the mountains. I really have a hard time finding a lot of people up here that wouldn't consider uh, themselves spiritual. You know, uh, I spend some time uh, with some folks actually from more urban areas, and I find a lot of people that would identify themselves as atheistic, or meaning no spirituality. I heard a comedian say this once, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, he said that he was an, an atheist, and he had met a guy who claimed to be a, tr- a Christian. And, and the Christian said to the atheist, he say, oh, so you have read... All of the scriptures, both the Christian scriptures, the Hindu scriptures, the Muslim scriptures, you've read all religious scriptures, and after much thought, much contemplation, you have come to the point where you believe there is no God, no higher being. And, and the guy said to him, no, I haven't read the Bible. He goes, well, then you're not an atheist, you're a moron. Because an atheist is someone who has looked at all scripture, has looked at all religions, and said, I have calculated There is no God. And uh, so I have just found that a lot of people are spiritual. But I've also found that a lot of people stop at what is called general revelation. Uh, Wow, I can't speak right now. Uh, Help me out, Drew. What's the word again? General revelation. Did I say it right? Revelation. Oh, sorry. Yes. Thanks, Nathan. General revelation. I I find that a lot of people stop there. So, in other words, we go for a hike and we see a magnificent sunset and we say, wow. Or, or we go for a hike like last week and we see a sunrise and we say, wow. And a lot of people just stop there and say, "Ah, oh, that is beautiful. And yeah, I think there is an artist behind the sunrise. I think there is an artist behind the sunset. And then we just leave it there. That's general revelation. That means that people would say, oh, I think there is a God. Specific revelation is his word. Specific revelation is flipping open his word and seeing where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. If anyone wants to come to the Father, he must come through me and accept me. You hear Jesus' words where he said, you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead to be saved. You hear his words and he said, I and my Father, we are one. And I pray that my believers will be one as we are one. You hear his words and said, I am leaving you, but I will leave you a comforter who will come after me. He is the Holy Spirit. He will fill you with all truth and he will guide you. And then you hear other words of truth, like I've been reading this today to you, that, that anyone who hears the word of God and does not put the word of God into practice is like a man who looks in a mirror And walks away and forget what he looks like. And he shows up at church in his red Chicago Bulls sweatpants. And his hair all over the place in a white t-shirt. You know? Listen, I know it's difficult to hear these words. And I know that's the reason why the viewers dip when we start talking about truth. I would even say a lot of times, music is general revelation. You know, And we kind of get lost in the melody, and we get lost in the, in, 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 in the tune, and that's great. But when you look at these words, these words that we just sung are not general revelation. Those are specific revelation. It says right here, right? For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, meaning that I am pardoned or I am forgiven because of his suffering. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and forever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing, I am free. Yet not I, but Christ in me. That is specific revelation, meaning, meaning that I have come to a point in my life where through the words of God and through the beauty of creation, I come before God and say, I am not king. And nothing else is king except for you. And the, the scriptures, when we talk about homegrown faith, this is where really rubber hits the road. You can come to church and you can have a meaningful experience. You can have an emotional piece of worship. You can go even to small groups and you can get really intellectual in studying the Bible and get into these Bible studies where you just intellectually just go through all the Bible and you can dissect it like science and mathematics. But until you get alone... With the Lord and his word. And you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead. That is when the specific revelation takes place in your heart. And that is when the Holy Spirit comes in to live in you. And you begin to bear fruit. And like we talked about earlier, the word of God says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and goodness. Those are the fruit of the spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit come when one first confesses, and then one, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You know, reminds me of when I was a kid, and my mom said, if you love me, you will do what I ask you to do. I've heard Francis Chan say this, I think it was great. He's like, if your father asked you to clean your room, and you came to him and said, oh, but no, but dad, dad, dad. We, we wrote a lot of songs about cleaning our room. I hope you like them. There's a really good song I wrote about cleaning my room. And your father would be like, oh, I just would really like for you to clean your room. Oh, no, no, no. You know what, God? We got together every week. And actually, thousands of us got together. And we and we actually talked very intellectually. And and we actually sang a thousand of us about cleaning our rooms. And your father again would be like, That's great. I'm glad you got a thousand people together and talk about cleaning your room. But... Uh, please clean your room. Oh, you know what, Laura? Uh, you know what, God? You know what? You know what? You know what, Dad? I have prayed about cleaning my room every day, hours actually on end. I've prayed, cleaning about cleaning my room, and God, the Father would still say, "Clean your room." And that's what Jesus is saying, and this is what His Word is saying, and that's what James is saying. James chapter one twenty-two: If you only hear the word and you are not doer of the word, you are only deceiving yourself. Only deceiving yourself. Hebrews says that this is the perfect word. And it's able to divide, meaning answer the deepest questions within my soul. This book, this book tackles why good things happen to bad people. This book tackles why are we here. What's the existence of humanity? This book tackles where are we going? What's the future hold? Man, those are some big things to tackle. And you know what my favorite thing about this is? is that most of this book, almost half actually, uh, if you haven't checked out the Bibleproject.org, you really should. They have a really cool thing, how to read the Bible on there. And one of the things they told me is that 47% of this thing is narrative. Meaning 47% of this is actually story. And I love stories. So, if you want to know about Jesus, turn to the book of John. That's a letter that he wrote about Jesus, okay? If you want some awesome, awesome stories... Go check out the Old Testament. Start in uh, 1 Samuel. First Samuel, man. Samuel so good, and it works through David. What, what an incredible, incredible story. Um, I really like what Drew had to say and, uh, about are we just trying to get through this? Are we just trying to see what's on the other side? Just hold on. We can make it. I saw an advertisement for a ski resort that said, we'll get back to the good things. We'll get back to the good things. I got thinking about that. And I'm like, hmm. You know what it reminded me? My business professor in college would be really happy right now. It reminded me about a book I read in college called Good to Great. And it said, the enemy of great is good. And is skiing good? Yeah. Is gathering as a church body good? Yeah. Is going on vacation good? Yeah. Is going to work good? Yeah. But what, what might be great? Having dinner with your family. I think it's pretty great having your calendar free so that you have time to call a loved one that you have time to get into god's word that you have time to exercise that you have time to pray that you have time to be with your spouse that's some great stuff and have we traded great for good and i don't know we got to be thinking about that and i really like what drew challenged us there it's like let's not just try to make it through this let's not just try to Get to the other side. But let's stop being in a hurry. Let's accept what God's allowing here to happen to us. And let's just let's, let's look what he's doing that's great. Because I think he's doing some really great things. I know he's doing some great things in my life. Not easy. You are, I'm an extroverted, people-touching person. I love to hug, shake hands. I love to high-five. And this is really difficult for me. God is teaching me some really valuable, valuable things, and one is His Word. One is His Word. You've heard me say it before. Keep calm and pray the Psalms. I want to end uh, with a Psalm that talks about the good things, because I don't want you to hear me say that skiing or going to church or going on vacation aren't good. Those are good. But when they become great in our lives, mm, they might not be in the right location, and Psalms 107, 1-9 through says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. But the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Narrative story, I love story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, and the north and the south. Some wandered in the desert, wasteland, finding a way to the city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. See how important the Word of God is? We're talking about homegrown faith. Get in here, and if you want to be encouraged, jump in the book of Psalms. Stay calm and pray the Psalms. We're going to sing How Great Thou Art. It's one of my favorite songs. Hope you enjoyed it. Really glad that you joined us here uh, on the online worship service. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nathan, for making this happen. Thank you, Drew, for playing music and letting me play along. And Thank you guys for joining us. Share it with a friend. And we hope to to hear from you online or, or through an email or a phone call. We'd love to have a virtual coffee with you. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at so we can get more connected. See you guys.